I will look after my sheep, says the Lord, and I will appoint a shepherd to pasture me. Thy Lord will be their God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the kingdom of the Spirit, and in your spirit. Today we celebrate the feast of St. Augustine of Canterbury, who is known as the Apostle to Britain. Uh, largely in the 6th century, and uh, in the earliest part of the 7th century, and is responsible for bringing the faith uh, to that area. And so, like a little more about his story later on. And we celebrate this fast with the book of the Soul of Father John Miller. And as we begin our celebration, let's just take a moment of quiet reflection, look at our daily lives in those moments of grace. Give God thanks for his many gifts. And at the same time, recognize there are times we are sinning, so we seek forgiveness for our love and God. You were sent to heal the contrite heart of the Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners, Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us and give us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, and by the preaching of the Bishop St. Augustine of Canterbury, let the English peoples to the gospel. Grant we pray that the fruits of his labors may remain ever abundant in the church. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns in you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we drew courage through our Lord to speak to you the gospel of God with such struggle. Our exhortation was not from delusion or impure motives, nor did it work through deception. But as we were judged worthy by God, to be entrusted with the gospel. That is how we speak, not as trying to please men, but rather God who judges our hearts. Nor indeed did we ever appear with flattering speech, as you know, or with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek praise from men, either from you or from others although we were able to impose our weight as apostles of Christ. Rather, we were gentle among you, as a nursing, nursing mother cares for her children. With such affection for you, we were determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves as well. So dearly beloved have you become to us. The word of the Lord. Responsorial Psalm. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Announce his salvation day after day. 
Tell his glory among the nations. Among all peoples, his wondrous deeds. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Give to the Lord, you families of nations. Give to the Lord glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the nations. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. He has made the world firm, not to be moved. He governs the people with equity. Proclaim God's marvelous deeds to all the Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep and mine know me. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus when the Roman Emperor Constantine had his own conversion, um, set in motion two things that uh, uh, impact the story of our saint today. Uh, one, um, he made Christianity legal, and in fact, uh, with the emperor being Christian, uh, the Roman Empire started becoming Christian. And so the faith spread throughout uh, the empire. Um, reaching its farthest territory, its northwest corner, was the, the region of Britannia, Great Britain, uh, as we call, uh, and in particular, the Romans uh, settled and established their rule in, in the country of England on that island of three nations. Uh, the second thing Constantine did was uh, he moved his, uh, his capital to a city that he started building, that he humbly named after himself, Constantinople. Um, and so uh, as he traveled back and forth between Rome, his successors less and less uh, headed to Rome. In fact, the, the seat of government really moved uh, to Constantinople. So that by the, the time of uh, 300, 400 AD, as we know it, within a couple hundred years, um, the western part of the Roman Empire was becoming 
uh, kind of a, a no man's land. Um, uh, the Angles and the Saxons, the Anglo-Saxons, uh, pushed across the wall the Romans had built uh, across England to uh, come there. England is named for the Angles. They were the native peoples there. But they, uh, they began pushing their way in there. And with the help of the Saxons from the north, they, uh, uh, they pushed the Romans out so that by the year 410, the Roman legions evacuated. Uh, they packed up and headed back towards Rome, leaving uh, the, the one-time Roman province of Britannia, kind of a wild uh, wilderness. Uh, the Angles and Saxons moved in. And they brought with them their the pagan religion that uh, had, they had uh, had there before the Romans arrived and uh, introduced Christianity. And so it became a pagan country again. Now, the western coast with Wales and, uh, and uh, the western, southwestern tip of England in that area, uh, there were still Christians there. and uh, But they were really supplied with their link to the church from Ireland, uh, that other island to the west of, uh, northwest of, uh, of that area. And so uh, they really didn't have connection to the Bishop of Rome. Rather, uh, they, they didn't have much in the way of uh, bishops at all. They really uh, had uh, monasteries that the Irish monks uh, came and founded. And uh, the abbots of those monasteries uh, often were mitered at which and they functioned as bishops. As we're getting to the year 595, uh, at the end of this, uh, pretty much the Roman Empire in the West is broken down. Uh, Gaul is now uh, a series of little kingdoms. Um, there's kingdoms uh, throughout that whole area. And in fact, uh, the, in the area that we, today we call Kent, in uh, southeastern England. It was ruled by a little Anglo-Saxon uh, monarchy, uh, King Ethelbert. Uh, and uh, Ethelbert uh, held control of that, that southern edge, especially that southeast area of England there, which is strategically important. Uh, it's where the, the English Channel is connecting uh, the island to the mainland. And so it was a, a place of great strategic importance. Um, and he had a, a, a French wife. Uh, her name was Bertha. She was the daughter of the King of Paris. Even France, as I said, is broken up into it. Charbert uh, I, uh, one of the Merovingian kings. And she was Christian. He was not, but he loved his wife. And so he let her freely practice her faith. Um, and she brought with her a French bishop uh, to be her personal chaplain. And so at the court, anyway, Christianity was being uh, celebrated. And there may have been a few little pockets of people throughout uh, Kent where a uh, Christian village here or there may have survived. But for the most part, it was a pagan area. And uh, this is what Pope Gregory the Great saw. And so he decided uh, he needed to, uh, to re-Christianize England. And so uh, Gregory himself, before he had been elected Pope, uh, had been abbot of the great Benedictine Abbey of St. Andrews uh, outside Rome. 
And when he was elected Pope, he didn't give up his title of abbot, but uh, he had them elect a prior to govern in his absence. And uh, his prior's name was Augustine, uh, Augustino, uh, Augustinus in Latin, Augustino in Italian. And uh, so he took him and a hand-picked group of little monks, and he gave them a mission, travel to Kent and convert it to Christianity. And so they headed out. And this little band was a little daunted by this. At one point, uh, his travelers convinced them to set up camp in, in, in Gaul and sent Augustine back to the Pope saying, are you sure you want this done? This is pretty wild area. And Gregory said, go. Yes, we need to do this. And so uh, they continued on, made their way through Paris. And uh, the king there, whose daughter was uh, queen of Kent, um, was very amenable to this. He gave them supplies and resources, and including a number of priests to take with him. Uh, and so his party grew to about 40 as they crossed the channel and landed in, uh, in England. Um, they got there, they were kind of welcomed by uh, Ethelbert. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, alleviated some of the fears that his traveling companions had was that uh, this pagan king was unlikely to be hostile uh, given that his wife was a French Catholic. Um, and so uh, he welcomed them as they came. He saw this as being a wonderful thing for his wife. And in short order, he himself uh, took a shine to Augustine. Augustine was, uh, as many uh, monks were, a learned man. Uh, he had great education in the monastery and uh, his own leadership abilities and such it, it led him to rise to the, uh, to the office of prior and then uh, consecrated a bishop and sent on his way by the Holy Father. Uh, he arrived there and he had great, great knowledge of the scriptures and theology and uh, Ethelbert, by all accounts, was uh, quite taken with him, and so he presented himself for baptism. And the baptism of the king led to an amazing thing. Uh, at Christmas Mass in 1597-1598, uh, uh, somewhere uh, around there, um, thousands came to the Mass and thousands were baptized into the faith. Uh, and so the, the resurgence was on. Um, uh, Augustine uh, settled in the, the capital city of Kent, uh, which is Canterbury. And uh, there the, uh, the king, King Ethelbert, gave him lands on the outskirts of Canterbury. And there he founded a, a, another Benedictine monastery, the monastery of St. Peter and St. Paul, the two great traveling uh, apostles. Uh, and uh, the monks there, uh, continue this work of of bringing the faith to England. Um, uh, he met up with the, the, the Christians in, in Wales and southwest England, uh, and eventually they were won over as well. Um, so that uh, by the time of uh, his death in, in uh, 604, uh, England was a Christian company, a Christian country once again. Uh, he was popularly acclaimed as a saint uh, in England and uh, uh, became uh, Canterbury, you know, to this day remains a, a very important see in, 
uh, in England. The one thing he didn't do, uh, the Pope had ordered, ordered him to set up his uh, archiepiscopal see in London, uh, which we know London has gone on to become the capital of, uh, of, uh, of all of Great Britain, but of, uh, of England itself. Uh, that didn't happen in Augustine's life, uh, and it occurred, it didn't happen for a very good reason. Uh, London was not part of the Kingdom of Kent, uh, so Ethelbert uh, would have been establishing the Archiepiscopal See outside of his own kingdom. Uh, there was a good family connection. His nephew was the king uh, there, but Ethelbert uh, uh, was not about to, uh, to move that outside of there, so it was it was up to his successors to do that, and he named his own successor, Lawrence, uh, known as Lawrence of Canterbury, was the second Archbishop of England. Um, and he lived the, the message that uh, uh, we see in our readings today. Uh, they were sheep without a shepherd, and Gregory the Great sent them a shepherd, and, and he gathered that flock, uh, and it prospered under his, his tender care. And so we uh, uh, celebrate uh, the Christianity of Great Britain today uh, for the foundation, uh, second foundation of the church there, as we celebrate uh, St. Augustine of Canterbury, uh, the apostle to England. Let us gather our prayers. That the spirit of Christ may unify and preserve the church, we pray to the Lord. That the spirit of Christ may sanctify the neophytes in the truth, we pray to the Lord. That the spirit of Christ may guard and protect the poor and defenseless, we pray to the Lord. That the Spirit of Christ may fill the sick with confidence in the risen Son of God, especially Father Norm, Father Mark, Father Jim, Gardner, Connor, Peggy, Madeline, Dorothy, Raymond, Zach, Louis, Casey, Arira, Steve, Dr. Christopher, Jerry, and Karen, Richard, Peter, Bella, and Helen. We pray to the Lord. Lord. We pray for all those who have passed away in our parish and in our community, and especially Father John Dillon, for whom this Mass is offered, we pray to the Lord. We pray for all the intentions in our hearts, for those spoken and unspoken, those in the Book of Intentions, we pray to the Lord. And all of them presented to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, our brother and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. It is the fruit of the earth, the work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. And blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, the work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. 
Wash me, Lord, from my iniquity. Thank you for my sin. Pray, my sisters and brothers, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, our Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice in your hands. Praise the Lord in his name. For all the good and good of all his holy church. Almighty and eternal God, you gave your holy church, St. Augustine of Canterbury, as bishop. Granted what he taught when moved by the divine spirit, may always stay firm in our hearts. And as by your gift we embrace him as our patron, may we also have him as our defender entreat your mercy. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For after his resurrection, he plainly appeared to all his disciples and was taken up to heaven in their sight, that he might make us sharers in his divinity. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exult in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic host, sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and uttered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. Once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Stephen, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant John, whom you've called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Remember all of our brothers and sisters who've fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, 
that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her husband, your blessed apostles, Wenceslaus and your martyrs, Augustine and all of the saints who please you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs of eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. The Savior's command informed by divine teaching. Let us pray together the prayer given to us by Jesus himself. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we wait the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God, the only one who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body and blood of Christ keep us safe for eternal life. Amen. Blessed is that servant whom the Lord finds awake when he comes and knocks at the gate. Let us pray. Renewed by the sacred mysteries, we humbly pray, O Lord, that following the example of St. Augustine of Canterbury, we may strive to profess what he believed and to practice what he taught. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, Father. Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. This Mass is ended. Let us go in peace. Thanks be to God.